Today on our show, we are getting some baggage off our chests as we count down the worst films of 2022. Damn right. Punching it out, Paulie. Let's go. Wow. Welcome to episode 406 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Welcome to the podcast. We count down, well, stuff in order of awesomeness so you don't have to, or today. Today happens order to be of shitness. Yes, crapness movies. Because boy, is there some things that stunk up 2022. Now, before we get into it, Wayne, mm. two things. One, I often say that this is one of the biggest shows of the year. It is. I usually say the best films of the year is the episode that gets downloaded the most. Mm. Except the last two years where this episode, the worst films of, two of the preceding year, yeah, yeah. has been downloaded more than any other episode. So more people tune in to hear what shit than what... It's you know awesome. what? The shade is interesting to listen to. It's like, it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Second thing is, apparently there's been this pushback from proper critics. I say proper. You know, mm-hmm. those paid mm-hmm. people who work at newspapers and yep. online and whatever else. Don't shit on films. Don't. It's not nice. Don't do that. What? Yeah, there's this real sort of pushback. There's no need Industry-wide. To be, yeah. Negative about films. Hang on. That's your fucking job, well, assholes. Well, not negative. I don't want to get into it. In yeah. fact, I want to... Can I do a big yeah. plug here for a, for a fellow great member of our listening community and... Patron to the show mm-hmm. and all around great dude, B Dizzle. B Dizzle. B Dizzle had on Jason from Binge Movies, who coincidentally is our guest next week on the show for Word. the top 10 films of the year. Jason rejoins us. Can't wait for that one to talk in the positive light. Mm-hmm. But on B Dizzle's show, they did the five worst films of the year. Yeah. Go and listen to Jason's three or four minute impassioned critique of critics saying, don't shit on things when you already shit on things. When is this coming? When, where is this coming from? Like, it's very is unlike critics bush? to talk about not being yeah. thrown shade. So, very interesting, very interesting. So, the point is, this whole episode is about throwing shade. This whole episode is about calling out the absolute shittest things we had to sit through. Now, Wayne, I, you don't keep a track, although I think finally you have realized to, the error to. of your ways. I'm going to log things I watch so to make these episodes easier for mm. yourself at the end of the year. I have made it a religion to do so on Letterboxd. I've recorded everything that I've watched in the last, well, certainly since we started the show and a couple of years before. Dear God. I only saw 176 films this year, I believe. <laughs> Batman strikes again. (laughs) (laughs) Correction, 177, of which I wrote a review for every single one, which is the lowest number of films I've seen since 2016. To what do you attribute this? Watching more television. Oh, okay. So more TV shows. So last week there was a lot of best and worst of for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I had almost 10 on both of my lists, whereas this one, it's only 177 films, of which a very good proportion, though, were 2022 films. We're talking... 96 films I saw from 2022. Hmm. So this is a pretty definitive list, I want to say. Sure. A couple of them I've got festival releases in the latter parts of 2021, but they were released wide to the world and most importantly to Australia in 2022. And that's the rationale by went by my list. It had to have come out in Australia in 2022. Okay. I think I'm much the same. Uh, my, my movies all say 2022, so there you go. That's all that you need. So that's how we're operating. So please don't add us if I, your film was released at fucking TIFF in September 2021. Oh, that was last year, Paul, you fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, no, I think people just want to hear how we shout on things this year. That's how it's going to be. But we're going to do that on the other side of the segment, which kicks off most every show. It's called The Recount. Who wants a recount? Who? Who wants a recount? Who wants a recount? Who wants a recount? The recount is our mailroom. Paul, what did we get? 
Well, going back to episode 403, which was the top 10 dumbest moments of the year, Wayne, I put the vote up because now we release the big episodes, the canon episodes on a Friday and mm-hmm. we record on a Sunday. Not enough time for people to listen to it and then voted. So there's a sort of delay now yeah, in terms yeah. of this. So a couple of weeks rather than getting the results one week later. Only 41 votes. I think people are still getting used to this new release schedule. Mm-hmm. But geez, did you spank me? 26 oh, really? votes to 15. Well done, sir. An oh. absolute shellacking. That doesn't happen well. Timothy Williams is the only person I think who voted for me who bothered to write anything. He said, Paul by a mile for me for being a long-suffering Bombers supporter. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> you still rolled your eyes. You smashed me. Uh, but nevertheless, Erica <laughs> San Pedro said, Wayne for Will Smith at number one. Uh-huh. Slapgate getting you that one there. And she also educated me a little bit that uh, the Sun won the UK case versus Depp. Amber Heard wasn't a litigant in the UK. She was only a witness, so she won She won nothing, but Depp lost. She's a gold-digging whore, Paul. <laughs> Says, uh, you know, look at the track record. It goes, look. Elon Musk, you know, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp owns an island. Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. She only likes island dick, Paul. Island dick. That's what she needs, okay? Ain't not one pauper in the lot. She's a gold-digging whore. <laughs> Wayne has solved the riddle, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Island Dick. Island Dick, son. Indeed. Mary Clement Hill. So I'm not going to vote either way. Both of you had some great ones and some not so great ones. Too hard to compare. But she wanted to say the whole Roe versus Wade thing, way much more complicated than Absolutely. old, old I, dudes. We get it. We get it. We do understand. Totally. Mary, that uh, we had to sort of simplify things for the purposes of being and A, my, succinct, and B, mildly amusing. And my brain. <laughs> Damien Jilly said, as a Canadian, I feel necessary to apologise to Paul, but did prefer Wayne's list this week. Fair enough. Josh Morris. Now, Josh was someone, I think, Wayne, that you ran into. I did. Literally this yes, week. Please literally. tell us. So, I'm I'm at, uh, you know, lunch, uh, new work, <laughs> and uh, caught my sister. I mean, my sister was just like, basically just met for lunch. Get a tap on the shoulder. It's like, hey, are you Literally Wayne? someone tapped you on the shoulder. Yeah, because I was sitting down. I was like, oh, yeah. He's yeah, you Wayne? I'm I, I, from the podcast. I'm like, yeah, are you a listener? Yes, I'm Josh Morris. And I was like, oh, what up, dog? Right? And, and I, your sister's like, what? She was like, what? And she was like, yeah, hey, how are you doing? Shook his hand. He's like, yeah, listen. And he told me. You know, got a talking. photo, right? I, I took the photo. Because like, oh, we've got a fan here. This doesn't happen very often. No, fair enough. And Mel doesn't. took the photo for us. So I'm like, okay, what's up? Click. So it's posted on the uh, listener community, which you should all join if you, you haven't already. Listen to the show. Get involved there. Link Josh is, the is a member thereof. Thank you so much for that, Josh. Very nice guy. Very cool guy. And I don't know whether this is after or before he ran into you, but basically being a Brit in Perth, I just can't connect to Aussie rules. So for that, Wayne takes the vote. Uh, Pretty sure you've got another member of the voting block now. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Which has been like absent since until last week, maybe. <laughs> Francis Booker said Paul's Aussie bias wins it for Wayne and the rock rules. No, he doesn't, Francis. <laughs> he is a deluded, egotistical maniac, but I'm glad you love him. And <laughs> lastly, Rob, I think, might have gotten a bit confused with the most recent week, basically saying uh, Paul right off, gut punch from Paul right off this week with the bear in the worst of the week. <laughs> So he's still, the bear, yeah, yeah, yeah. still catching up with the fact that uh, we have to delay these these votes. But Rob, thank you very much for that. And I do appreciate that was something going to ruffle Just a, a point few feathers. about The Rock. Mm. I'm reading somewhere here that he was trying to angle for to, to be the one to take over the DCU. Oh, fuck off. And apparently he's gone around a lot of people to try and get that Black Adam thing. He's the one who muscled Henry, Henry Cavill's like fucking... Really? Apparently oh, got him back in. Well, got him to do the, 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 the end credit thing, right? And then everyone just changed the guard, and now it's James Gunn and that dude. And so apparently people didn't like him because he started going around everyone, and now it's all time to shit. got a message for, for The Rock. You're fat. <laughs> Stupid. Look, Idiot. here's what it is, right? 
He's like the highest paid actor in the world. All these sorts of things happen. I imagine he goes He's got through an eyebrow head. which cocks. He goes an eyebrow which cocks. You know, I liked him better as a wrestler, whatever. But like the, you know, that's his thing. It's you, he goes through head, Paul. Yeah. You want to rule the world. All right, that is it for this week's recount. Well played, Wayne. Good victory to you. Let's find out then on the other side of this music cue, the worst films of 2022. Is the subject of this week's countdown, Wayne? <laughs> I, I I feel like the bubbling hatred you have is more than mine, simply because you're, uh, you're not wrong. You're more passionate. Like my top two are things that incensed me yeah. beyond logical belief, and and mine goes like that too. It's it's the angrier I got, yeah, that you know, the, the higher they go. So I don't know. I you definitely don't have my number one. It's possible you've got my number two. I hope we've both got my number three. So, who wants to go first today? Look, I'll go first because mine's easy to start with. All right. If you like. Fire us away. Fire us away? Yeah. Start us off, Wayne. Start us off. Kick the tires, light the fires. What is your 10th worst film in 2022? Now, my number 10 film, I did not make me... Well, sorry. It ended up making me angry. Initially, it did not make me angry because it was quite pretty to look at. The movie is called Amsterdam. Everyone? I haven't seen it. Got it there to watch. Oh, my God. All right. Well, let me tell you what to expect, Paul. First of all, everyone, check out this cast. Margot Robbie, Christian Bale, Taylor Swift, Anya Taylor-Joy, John David Washington, Rami Malek, Bobby De Niro, Mike Myers, Zoe Saldana, Tim Oliphant, the list goes on. What a, what a cast. It's insane, right? Um, I could keep going. There's like Chris Rock, Michael Shannon, forget about it, right? So anyway, it's set in a 1930s America that looks like it's under glass. It's very, very pretty to look at. Okay. It's beautiful. It's David O. Russell. David O. Russell. Yep. And you know this guy does, you know, American Hustle, stuff like that? He's mm-hmm. done stuff that I've liked in the past, Three right? Kings. Three Kings, amazing stuff. I like that show. So I'm thinking of a J Law one. I've forgotten off the top of my head. What did he, she win for? Uh, anyway, forget yeah. Anyway, um, so the lead three characters are probably Margot Robbie and Christian Bale and fucking Silver Linings Playbook. That's right. That's right. John David Washington. All right, and they have they're sort of in a love triangle, which is the least sizzling love triangle like least ever. Sizzling. It's not. It, it's not remotely <laughs> Wait, interesting. Margaret Robbie's in a love triangle is not sizzling. I know. I refuse to I, believe. I this. know. There's a lot of things you can't believe. This okay, but what the real problem with this film is? Again, let's get out of the way. Beautiful to look at. Great performances, except Taylor Swift, who somehow sucks. What a shock. How on earth could Taylor Swift shot? Su- of yeah, course she sucks. She's, she's not an actress. She's yeah. a singer. Although I'll tell you this. Oddly, Christian Bale's performance. Shit. Um, not shit, but the way that it's executed and the whatever he's been told to do by the director comes off slightly hack- hacky. Mm. It does. It's weird. Okay. It's, okay. it's not terrible, but it's not great. And the thing is, that the, all I can tell you about the plot is these three people, they, they witness a murder. They get framed for it. They uncover supposedly one of the most outrageous plots in American history, which is an attempted fascist takeover, which apparently... Actually really happened. happened? Okay. Right? Then, but that's the that's the very rough premise of the show. The problem with it is that there are oddly surprising swings in tone. Right? It gets like gory, then weird, then like sort of like you know vaudevillian, then kind of it's flashback left, right. This jumps around mm. in time. As a result, the movie lasts a lot of you as an audience to stay interested, despite the great visuals. And what I'll say to you is, this is the the, the rhythm of the film, right? It does flit around from scene to scene, but at the beginning of the scene, you're like, okay, I'm in. Let's see what this is about. Literally five minutes from the start of that scene, 
you are asking yourself, why am I watching this? What is the point of this scene? Because mm. it seems to go nowhere. And then every time they change a scene, it's like that. It goes over and over wow. and over. And at the and again, at the beginning, I'm like, I'm in. This looks beautiful. At the end of each scene, I'm like, this is boring. This is actually becoming boring. And it starts to piss you off because you're sitting there going, like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's paralyzingly boring. And at the end, it comes to nothing, sort of. But oh. you're not quite caring at that stage. Wow. And it's like, wow. I don't even, it's even the, the seemingly big jokes that it's trying to deliver, they just, it's not even that they fall flat. It's like they're delivered half heartedly as a result of the incongruous kind of jumpy. Okay. It's really, really weird. Really and good description about why it sucks. I think he swung, yeah, he swung for the fences with all this cast and all this stuff, but none of it comes to anything. And I'm like, this must be his big miss. I floated this one a couple of times to the wife about, oh, maybe we can watch this tonight. And she's just, nah, nah. She'd, she'd have been, look. She has, obviously, she's, her, her instincts are on the mark. But again, a period-ish piece, the 1930s or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, fucking fantastic usually. But and it's not like it's not deftly handled in so far as the cinematography. It's just that the way the film was written and shot together and put together it just turned to shit. Maybe it's the Margot Robbiness of it all, but between this one and then we've got Babylon coming up. I'm having trouble deciphering them yeah. in my head. They're set around the same time period. It's a very strange decision on her behalf and her agent's behalf to have her in very two similar set films. Obviously they're gonna be very different films. Well, if you're agent- Have you seen how long that film is, Babylon? It's no. over three fucking hours. What? <laughs> I got shit to do, Paul. <laughs> we all do, Wade. Thank you to the uh, to the, well, to we the studio. No, we haven't, that, that, we haven't gone to see it yet. So yeah, that's true. We'll, we'll thank them later when we do formally review it. But yeah. Yes, thanks, Kath. Um, but <laughs> but you know what? If I was an agent and I heard that there was a movie being to get put together with this cast, I'd want my, my, my client in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just that this is one of those things that no one knew how it turns out. I don't think no one, no one knows how any movie's going to turn out. To a greater or lesser degree, I think if you made snakes on a plane, you knew it was going to be shit. <laughs> no. Uh, I reckon. Come like, on. Look, I, it could be a runaway hit, like one of those runaway hits. <laughs> like, if, if a David or Russell has a, a cast like that, yeah, I assume no, he is a, is a name director. And I don't think he's done anything since Joy, which was the follow up to the yeah. J Law sort of winning film. So, yeah. I think it's all about the, the script. If you can mm. read the script and see a way that it could well, be. The script good, guy, man. If you can't, if you don't write that script well, I'm, I'm going to tear it apart. Mm. Boy, do I tear some. But even the script can apart. change between script and, and filming, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Amsterdam. Unfortunately, not worth your time unless you can look at some still frames of the film and not waste your time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not the idea of a film, let's be clear. Uh-huh. My number 10 film is a film, an A24 film, which oh. styled itself as a horror comedy. But A24, you roll the dice. Absolutely. Some of those films are absolutely fucking amazing. I would say any indie film. You roll the dice. I think the same with the studio films. Any film, I mean, maybe that's a stupid Studios, point to make. Uh, at least but A24 film in particular, I either love them or fucking hate them. Okay. And I hated this movie, what is it? clearly. It's bodies, bodies, bodies. Oh, I almost... Well, no, I never actually thought about seeing that. Sometimes, unexpected gold. For me, like The Lighthouse, I did not expect to love that film. Agree. Absolutely blew me away. But bodies, 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 it's just this painful exercise in tedium, which seems to be all about emphasizing the point over and 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 over again that Gen Zers spend way too much time online playing with their phone and Instagramming themselves or social mediaing themselves into some kind of prominence. Which is probably true, but not necessarily good for a film premise. No. And it's all based on, I'm not going to spoil it, it's all based on one <laughs> one moment in this film, which comes very late in it, where you're meant to be like, oh my God, that is the greatest thing that's ever happened. As in a reveal? Yeah. Whereas I was like, uh-huh. 
That's obviously because by that thought. point in time, a film which is basically set in one house, mostly in the dark, where they turn the power out, and mostly it's lit by stupid fucking rave bloody lighting. fluorescent mm. lighting because they've got the little stupid shit around, you know, the <laughs> oh the bands, the bands or whatever else around them, and it's just so. Boring. So it's ostensibly a horror flasher, thr- slasher? Yeah, a bunch of kids go to this really rich... Pete Davidson's in it and it's his uncle, his parents' house, I can't remember. And, and, you know, there's the gag, which is really taken on different meaning now as a meme because Pete Davidson's like, I look like the guy who fucks. Yeah. I'm not the good guy, you know. The, Obviously that plays into the box. I saw that in the trailer. He goes yeah. like, it would be too obvious if I was the killer. Yeah. Like, you know, stuff like that. So they're meant to play a game. By someone, it's kind of like Alone in the Dark, as I think it was what we yep. called it as a kid, where yep. you, you, know, you look up and you wink at someone, they're dead, that kind of shit. Uh, yeah. But then it degenerates into someone's really murdering mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and you're meant to care about any of these people. They're also vapidly fucking annoying, mm. all of them. There's not a, there's not a re- maybe one redeemable character to start with, but by the end of the film, she's not even really redeemable either. So. Mm. Very hard to like anybody and you're wishing ill upon them, which is kind of the point with horror films sometimes, but it needs to have a better point or better purpose than what it's absolutely it's putting forward here, which is just an indictment on the Gen Z sort of social media obsession. How very interesting that you, for you to hate a what is, I guess, a horror movie. Or yeah, I guess. It must be a bag of shit. So bodies, 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 shit, shit, yeah, shit. Yeah, shit, shit, shit. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, my number nine pains me a little to put on this list, but I had to be honest, it is Thor Love and Thunder. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I was thinking about this, because as we walked out of the film, right, my first uh, impression was, look, that was maybe half the movie that Thor Ragnarok was. And upon repeated thinking about it and one repeated viewing, I'm like, this thing dropped the ball so heavily that if I was if I was Taika Waititi, I'd be like, I'm a little bit worried about this maybe ruining my career. It was such a... Piece of shit. Like, the th- I stand resolute, motherfucker. Holy shit, some harsh you words know, for Taika Waititi. You know what it was? It was that, so the beginning, because again, it, the reason it's number nine, not number one or whatever, is sure. that, you know, it's like, it was definitely a disappointment because I'm, I'm expecting an, or at least hoping for another Thor Ragnarok, which was almost note perfect in its execution. Now you've got this thing where it's become over the top, like these two things, these two dudes on motorcycles are rushing at Thor and he does the splits in the midair and just stops them with his legs. And it, I did laugh at the cinema, but then I was looking at it going, this needs to be as funny or the, the last kind of joke like this that happens in this film. But then it kept on going and going and going. And I think the whole deal was that even with Christian Bale being the bad guy and even with all of the, you know, the, there was some reasonable action in there. And I liked the Russell Crowe inclusion. until I He was very funny. Yeah. I found him very funny. No, he was he probably was really res- funny. Probably rescued that film. For I me. actually think it was the best scene in the film, mm-hmm. him being in there. And even the way it ended with the kid and all that sort of stuff, I'm like, this is stupid now. Like, this became stupid. I actually, like, it almost made me go, if the next, if there's another Thor movie, I don't know how this is going to go. I'll, I'll give you a comment about that in a moment. Okay. Please finish the then, then it better not be like this. They need to stop using him. Well, I, w- I would like him to come back. When oh. your star, the man who plays Thor, mm-hmm. or the person by Thor, comes out and says... I probably wouldn't want to go this way with Thor anymore. There. It's time for a new director. He knows it's a turn, right? I don't know if he's used those exact words, time for a new director, but heavily insinuated needs to change direction if we're going to have more Thor. That's It's James Bond syndrome. It mm. got too ridiculous and they had to go realistic. So this is the thing, right? When you had, But the thing was, when Taika Waititi overtook the first one, oh, the, the Ragnarok, 
That is the way Thor should have gone. It needed a comedy. They needed a comedy then, and Thor did go that way, but now he's gone too far in one direction and it needs to come back to so you can take him seriously. I'm saying this not from a place of knowledge, but from a place of what I think happened. Thor Ragnarok, when Taika Waititi took over, was basically written, and then he the Taika Waititi did it up. So he added to what was yes. already existing. A good, a good This story. film, he wrote. This film was him through the DNA of it. So... For this purpose, because he's a great filmmaker. He's excellent. I agree. No, not a shot at him, but I think maybe it's just too much of his sensibility for this topic matter. Well, what I think it was happening is everyone praised his comedic genius yeah. in the first one. So he's like, the whole thing's going to be even funnier this time. And it's like, no, I actually need some story and I need some plot and I need something to hang on to. And you could argue with all of the God Butcher or whatever thing. It was there, but we didn't care for some reason. I just didn't care. Well, I mean, this film essentially deals with cancer. And it's trying to make that light and funny. It's a very mishmashy tonal film. Right. And if you think about it, so if you look at Taika Waititi's, like, what's that Hitler one that he did? That one? Yeah, yeah. It is very, like, t- there's tragedy right in between all the comedy. And it's that's what's happening here as well. Like, Jane is sick the whole time. So that's how it works. Jojo Rabbit. Ah, yes. Yep. That's right. That's the one. Yes, yes. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that's what's happened here. It just doesn't work on this, this yeah, large you can scale make, format. apparently make Hitler funny, but you can't make cancer funny. That's the bottom line. More or less. More mm. or less. I would agree. All right. Well done. That's not on my list, but I totally understand. And boy, has been on a lot of people's worst of the year list. So, you are far, far, sir, from yeah. alone. My number nine is a film which probably should be on everyone's list if you're being really honest. It created a meme that was so strong that the idiots that run this company, Sony, (laughs) decided they would re-release it into the cinemas to fail a second time. What was it? It's Morbius in time. Morbian time. It's Morbius. (laughs) Oh. Low. (laughs) (laughs) Morbius was, yeah, it was. It just has no idea what it's doing, Sony, as as a general fucking rule. You know what the issue with motherfucking Morbius was? Apart from it being like overall shit, as a vampire film, they're trying to basically this is them trying to horn in on the MCU, right? Yeah, and then they're trying they, to do their own version thereof without any of the legwork or any of the hard yards. I don't know if it's not hard yards, but it it didn't fit. Like for them to try and put bloody, you know what? You know who's the most um unfortunate? Like the, the the actor this year, last year, who's been so fucking fucked with is Michael Keaton. Okay, yeah, he is. Forced to do this bullshit cameo in this film to try and tie it into the whatever. And it doesn't even make sense that Michael Keaton turns up at the end of this film because he gets released from jail and they forget who he is. And somehow he gets back to his costume, which he then comes to Morbius and says, hey, let's hover on our team. Vulture. Right? Vulture, right? Yeah. Like that doesn't even make sense. Then, of course, that turns to shit. He was supposed to be Batman in like seven things this year. All of those things are either killed or delayed. I, to be fair, I don't <laughs> think you can blame Sony for WB blowing up and whatever else. What I think you can blame Sony for is this idea of let's just create this villain and do the most 1990s shit-ass anti-hero origin ever. It's yeah. shot so blasely, so predictably. Matt Smith is the bad guy with his friend. Oh, come on. You know, are we not past this? Do you not read your audience, the what they're meant to expect? And casting Jared Leto, who himself is a, a poison chalice that people mostly don't seem to like these days. You know, because he's a, a problematic asshole. Is he an asshole? Yes. I know with the Joker thing, it was weird with the stuff he was doing yeah, on set and things like he's that. Just, he's kind I'm of a, almost cancelled himself and he's trying real fucking hard. You know what? That um, House of Gucci film, 
Never he, seen it. He was amazing in that because you can't tell it's him. I didn't know it was him until halfway through. He's got a fat suit on. Right. He really is good. I think he's actually good. a good actor, but, but he's stop just, being a cockhead. Yeah, I don't know about his cockheadedness, but in this film, the actual if there's it's just a tumbling CGI mess after CGI mess. Oh, that final battle where he and the longer this film goes, the worse it got. Like it starts with like, ah, it's fine. It's garbage. It's garbage. The level of venom. Let there be carnage. Garbage. I feel bad. Like Matt Smith is one of those actors that I actually don't. I actually immediately don't like him. Um, just well, like that's on you. No, no, he's that's a great on me. actor, and he's an awesome Doctor Who. Yeah, that's your call, right? But like, for, <laughs> but like for, and I'm not saying because I actually I've seen him in interviews, and I actually quite like him as a person. Like he's quite funny. Basically, and stuff what like you that. heard there was Wayne going. Eat my ass! <laughs> Eat all the asses! No, man. and then he, but in this film, they made him do weird shit, like gyrating and making that face, and stuff. I feel bad for him. <laughs> like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, this is. Um, he's, yeah, he's too good for this film. I thought it was hundred percent. Yeah, I, look, this is way higher on my list. <laughs> so there you are. Well, that might reflect the number of 2022 films I've seen, but I'm glad it's also on your list. My number nine, Morbius. Wayne, what is your eight? My number eight is Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, look, it didn't make my list because maybe I was just too generous. We went into a very early screening and I was, eh. But it is a dumb film and it's what? a terrible ending. It, this is the 2022 version of the new trilogy of Star Wars films. Not one singular vision carrying through those three films. Because they didn't expect the first the, the first of these reboots to do as well. Then you're a fucking idiot, Universal. Because I don't know. because no, come on. Think all the time, man. Every single Jurassic Dinosaurs are print my money material with enough budget to look look good behind them. Mm. There are billions of children, probably millions of children, hundreds of millions of children around the world who will flock to see a dinosaur film. This was always going to make bank. If they hadn't, if they wanted to have a trilogy, which apparently they did from the get-go, did they? They should have had a map across them all. Same with the fucking Star Wars films. Oh no, I agree with that one hundred percent. But here's the thing about Dominion, right? So I'll admit, I was like, oh, they're bringing back Jay Gold and fucking Sam, what's it, and fucking Laura Dern. I'm on board with that. Okay. Who's, oh, Jeff Gold. Jeff Gold. Yeah. All right. So Jay I'm like. Gold. <laughs> Jennifer, and, and that's the thing. I was like, okay, let's do this because I, I I love the first Jurassic Park. I know you didn't, but I did. Right? Look, I have grown to appreciate it yeah. over time, but I don't love it the way most of people of our age. Do. Absolutely, absolutely. So now then, this comes along, and it's like, okay, so then they bring the f- the last three characters in, but it's still mostly yeah. focused on the original. This should have been the absolute pinnacle. Well, here's the thing. It would have been weird for it to be all about the new characters and not about the existing characters oh, needs, in this needs, franchise. It needs to balance This is up. a legacy sequel, but after, sort of, sort of, because yeah. it's the third one in an in existing trilogy. But that's what it is. The problem with it still being about because it should still be about the main characters with these guys sprinkled in, but then the main characters were like not that interesting. So it became, and you know that the 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 bad guy, what's his name, Campbell Scott. <laughs> Did you know that he was actually the character in the yeah, original Jurassic Park that gave Newman the fucking spray can? And they even have a, a scene here with him mm-hmm. looking at it. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know one that. One of the worst villains. If we did the worst villains of the we two, he might be number one with a bullet. You know why? You can't be a villain and wear a cardigan. That's just how it is. That's just how it is. <laughs> Send us your images. <laughs> Of villains and cardigans to the countdown podcast at gmail.com. I'm, I swear, it's just it's it just it's hard to sell. So um yeah, I don't know. This is I don't know, it's woeful. I actually I didn't hate it, 
but I disliked it heavily. Oh, it's <laughs> not a good film. It's pretty terrible. I, again, I think I was a bit enamoured with the moment of being one of the first people to see it. Look, let me tell you, when you add a premiere, there's a couple points you add. This is why that, that score that you sometimes mention where you get people coming out of the out yeah, of, the, out of the, score. is usually quite high, even yeah. though it's a shit film, because you're like, ooh, look at this. Maybe there's an actor there that I know. You know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a little bit that way. But I get it. So, yeah, that is it. Jurassic World Dominion is my number eight. Fair enough. More than exactly. My number eight is another film which is not dissimilar. It's from a director, Roland Emmerich, was out early in the year. We reviewed it on the show. He's a bloke with a lot of self-belief. He thinks that when he raises by himself $146 million by himself with his team, that he can make the same kind of disaster porn film that he once made with Independence Day and and follow-up films to that, which have been a little bit inferior, although still pretty good, i.e. 2012. That Moonfall... (laughs) Moonfall! Would be a good film. (laughs) This is on my honourable mentions list, but absolutely. It's horrendous. It is so ridiculous. This film takes ridiculous to the next level, but doesn't follow through on any aspect of it. The performances are terrible across the board. The midway film kind of moment where, well, now it turns out the moon is a base and, and all that. Apparently that's a real theory. I mean, you can speak anything is real theory, but apparently a lot of, possibly flat earthers actually think that the moon is man-made. Probably flat earthers, let's be honest. Uh, I think it was nice that uh, Samwise got a fucking another role, right? <laughs> I personally love John Bradley. John Bradley, yeah. I personally love Patrick Wilson. Um, but he's not good in this film. Nobody good in this. is good in this film. No, the best thing about this film Except is John Bradley, who was arguably by far the best thing. Well, he was sort he was pseudo funny and he had a cat named Fuzz Aldrin, which I thought was the best <laughs> thing about this film. <laughs> There's a couple of good CGI moments like when there's gravity waves but this film's science is so fucking wonky that in one scene it does X thing and then another scene it does completely the opposite and does expect you just to roll with it or how about Michael Pena as the most oh, yeah. overlooked ridiculously secondary character who's elevated because it's Michael Pena into this thankless dies for nothing role yeah. this film fucking blows yeah <laughs> It squanders everything, all the money. They, they, they cast a Chinese singer, I'm pretty sure, in here just because a lot of that $146 million was Chinese money. This film oh, is that fucking garbage. Yeah, this is, that's called Megalodon Syndrome. Megalodon? Yeah, remember that Jason Statham movie? That's Megalodon. got a sequel coming out this year. What? The you Meg know, 2, Cole in the Trench. There was so much Chinese money in that that they actually had this Taiwanese-looking city in the motherfucker, man. It was, well, not Taiwanese. Whatever, yeah. So, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, I agree. This yeah, might so. be the most outlandishly stupid film on my list. It is. It asks you to lower your intelligence by at least 20 points just to get on board. And that's too big an ask as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Fuck you, Roland Emmerich, and everyone attached to this film. Moonfall is my eighth worst film of the year. Roland did like Independence Day and stuff, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. saying Independence Day. His whole thing is. I don't love Independence Day, but I understand that it's, it's well revered and everything. And I get it. I do. Yeah. I like 2012. Day After Tomorrow. These films are all fine. Really? Day After Tomorrow? Even that one's fine. <laughs> okay. Compared to this big shit yeah. in Independence Day Returgence, holy shit. Oh, yeah, this is a piece of shit. Absolutely. Alrighty. Well, from one piece of shit to another. My number seven is a film called Interceptor. Do you remember this? This is oh, Elsa Pataki. On. Fuck off, man. All right. So come check it out. On. Where is? Oh, why? Because it's Chris Hemsworth's wife, and it was supposed to be funny. No, it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be that an action bad. film. Dude, Jesus. Everyone, it's about terrorists who want to launch a nuclear attack on the United States with stolen missiles. When the terrorists attack a remote offshore missile interceptor platform place or whatever that can stop their missiles, an officer. The least convincing military officer, Hot damn! Elsa Pataki, <laughs> defends the facility like with. Now, first of all, she looks like a model. 
despite her hair being shit. And it's, <laughs> it's a tied back in a bun. It looks horrendous. She should have She's done a something. fucking soldier. What, she wants me to have a flowing around her shoulders just to impress you and make your dick hard? Well, <sighs> something went wrong, Paul. Because <laughs> first I'm of all, glad you didn't say yes. I, first of all, I just don't buy that anyone who even looks like that is going to be any kind of military person. But let's, find, let's, let's just go, okay, it's a movie. never been a it's hot a movie who's been a soldier. Why don't you name one, Paul? Why don't you go find one and come back to me? Right. Uh, okay. All right, so... <laughs> Paul's you googling, Paul's googling right now, everyone. Uh, it's going to be a model shot, whatever you bring me back with. So anyway, Elsa Pataki, yes. So there's that's fine, but there's no way, like, I mean, it looks like she. Was, they're trying to give the, the character uh, some sort of, like, backstory. Oh, she was harassed at one stage. Not quite, not quite sure what she's supposed to be, but it is pure bad acting and horrendous dialogue city. Uh, we have a hilarious fight between a 50-kilogram woman and a gorilla of a man. Uh, Paul's now showing me images of a supposed hot person in the military. I don't. That's not even that good. And you oh, know what? Come on, Paul. That's fuck, look at the lighting in that shot. Okay, Sunny. she's got a thousand lights on her face and makeup up the wahey. Again, you don't walk into a base looking like that, baby. There's a t- look at her hair, Paul. She's spent ten hours straightening that so? hair. Bitch, please just just suck some dicks. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not sure we got there. We point out pictures anyway. of hot soldiers, but okay. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what Paul's love for this thing is because it's a known piece of shit. Everyone, it's a bag of ass. Yeah, but she, he's showing me another one, and this woman's got some massive pay digs, <laughs> right? <laughs> Again, she's not turning up on the base like hot that. Hot soldiers on Google, ladies and gentlemen. Help yourselves. That's Paul. That's a, lot, next, a lot of help men there. That's too, our I next show. Say. That's our next show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yes. Anyway. I know that there's only a certain amount of like sort of pathos you're supposed to give a show like this, but in this film, the bad guy who has been a secret the whole time broadcasts the image of himself around the world. <laughs> All right, he's like, "I'm the bad guy, and I'm a trust fund baby, and so up your butt, everyone." He's gonna get caught right up. It's pure shit. But I think I think the reason you liked it is it's one of those that's so bad it's good, which I don't understand. Uh, it was pretty bad. It was, so, I'm not I'm not defending it saying it's a good film. I just don't think it deserves to be here on the worst of the year list. <laughs> Fair enough, your call. But yes, uh, Interceptor is my number seven. My number seven is a film I also saw with my brother at the cinema. It is one of the worst Stephen King adaptations ever made. It's fucking Firestarter from earlier in the year. Yeah, no, this, this is sucks. on everyone's list. Sucks, it sucks. It's the second adaptation of the Stephen King novel of the same name. <laughs> and apart from its opening credit sequence, it's a straight misfire of a film. There's zero tension, no surprises. The small enough budget, most importantly, where you can basically see the seams stretching on the frame. It's so really? badly, poorly made. Did you say Zac Efron was in it? Zac Efron is the father in this particular film. Zac Efron's the playing a kid. The kid is a terrible performer. She's god awful. I'm not even going to name a name. It feels bad to shit on a kid. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting, though. This was co- one of the co-rides of Halloween Kills, and that was a piece of shit. And the one-note horror film called The Vigil, which some people loved the year before, but I just thought it was really average as well. This one fucking sucks. Zero everything that you want established with, I guess, a horror, but probably more a thriller film. Don't see the fire starter. Go back and watch the Drew Barrymore one from 1983 or 1984, somewhere in that age range. <laughs> That's a much better film than this one, and it shows its age on its sleeve. So see, for you to dislike again, for you to dislike a horror movie, no or- need to go. Yeah, look, and I guess Bodies, Bodies, Bodies is a pseudo horror movie. I've got a couple more big horror films come on my list. Unfortunately, I watch about one every three films I watch normally is about is a horror film. No shit. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's why I said what's about your number six, sir. Nice one. Uh, now, I will admit that I watched this next one simply because I heard it was bad and was all also interested in the uh, in the cast. Because, Paul, James Bond is in it. Pierce Brosnan is in it. Mm. As well as... What's this um, one? Well, this girl is a favorite of mine. Kaya Scodelaro. Oh, God, from Crawl. 
cute as a button, cute as a button she is. Uh, and also William Hurt in what might be his last film that we see. Mm. Even though it's called The King's Daughter, Paul. And, I haven't seen this one. Oh, uh, okay. First of all, this film was in the can for seven years, ladies and gentlemen. I've never the even fuck? I've never even heard wow. a thing like that. It was it was it's it's and it's so old that Pierce Brosnan looks young in it. Like, forget about it. That's how. That's how long Holy ago. Holy fucking shit! So, um, it's about. Uh, so, it's King. Uh, sorry, Pierce Brosnan is King Louis of France, who sends his men to search for a mythical mermaid. What? Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the idea is that Louis wants to live forever, and he believes the magical properties of the mermaid will make that happen if he kills it right in the ass. Right? Inconceivable. His plan gets derailed when his illegitimate daughter, which is Cayasco Delaro, learns of the mermaid's existence, and it. Is a so it's a period piece. Oh, it's a period piece and a half. But get this, Paul. It's got a, a forty million dollar budget, right? <laughs> Not quite white noise. No, no, no. But here's the thing. That's quite like for what this is. It is absolutely straight up bad. I mean, like this was a January release, by the way. Oh, well, that so, makes perfect sense. You know what I'm saying? So, but it was too terrible to fly under the radar. What it looks like it happened was they were look scrambling for shit to do that year or that time or whatever. Like, hey, this thing's been in the can for seven years. I think they put most of the forty million dollars into CGI, and it did not work out so well. It's just. Um, <laughs> This sounds bizarre. It is it, it's abysmal, right? And it is horrendously shit. I haven't Whatever. Even heard of it? Not even like avoided it. Just didn't know. I came it. across it like uh, sort of in passing because that's how well it got buried, right? Julie Andrews is in it, by the way. Sound of Music Chick is in it. Okay? You're mocking me. So it's aren't all you? this sort of shit, like where it, it becomes like all I can tell you is that if you you actually in horror look at it and what? go, what the fuck is this? It's that. It's like that kind of movie, and it's like. It, it, because it, the the plot is so stupid, and the king wants to be immortal, and he's happy to kill him. It's like it's apparently it's, it's made from a book or some shit, of course. But um, yeah, it's what what is weird about it is that again, if it stayed in the can for seven years, they obviously did, they every single year they that he wants to be like, let's just release this shit. Have you got forty? Have you so got we do it January this year? No, it's the pandemic. But will it make any difference? Absolutely, absolutely. And by the way, it's a PG film, so it's not actually. F- I don't even know who it's for because it's like eh, okay, this is weird. It is just an absolute piece of shit. You should check. You should not check it out. <laughs> you should not. I will not. Absolutely not. All right. Thank you very much for that one. My number six then is another horror film. This one hurts a little bit. This is from a guy named Rob Savage who made one of my favorite films of a couple of years back. The first arguably successful horror film in the pandemic. It was called Host. Uh, okay. It's basically a zoom, zoom call between a whole bunch of oh, you women. Told me about that. Very, very good. Well, I think 60 minutes, 62 minutes long. Brilliant. Build up horror atmosphere. Very well done. His follow-up film is called Dashcam. And it follows, without question, the most annoyingly awful main character in movie fucking history. Uh-oh. I think you talked about this one, didn't you? I did on a top-tier <laughs> yeah, yeah, master. Yeah, tell me about it. So Anna, Annie Hardy plays this ludicrously over-the-top, I hope, version of herself. To the point where you'll be wishing for her painful death within 20 minutes. So, at the height of the pandemic, she is the ultimate fucking walks into a place. Everyone's wearing masks. I'm not wearing masks. You can't make me wear masks. Oh, Karen. Yeah. Ultimate Karen. And just then goes away and badmouths people with her shit-ass rap and rhyme. No, she's the lead. Yeah, she's the lead. Are you meant to throw in with her or are you meant to hate her? You're meant to throw in with her. What? She gets involved in... Picking up, she goes to London to visit an old bandmate and just forces himself on him and his his living girlfriend. The girlfriend's oh. like, "Who the fuck is this bitch?" And fair enough. And then somehow she's transporting this one person from point A to point B, and that person, people are trying to kill them. But then it becomes very supernatural, and the whole time she's just this horrible, 
awful person. But she's definitely the protagonist. There's no one else in the, every scene in this movie. It's from her perspective. It's mostly kind of shot from her camera and whatever else. That makes me think that the director is a fucking Karen himself to, to lionize someone it's like this. so strange. It's so... Every other character is a fucking idiot. And <laughs> I've seen a couple of articles talking about changes in heart rate bringing about being the scariest films of all time and going to some classics and then his first film, Host, being right up there. And then this film saying it's also in the top 10 lists of all time that make heart rates change when viewing in an audience. It's not because they're scared. It's because they're so fucking angry at this awful <laughs> character. She fucking sucks. This whole film blows. It's got a couple of good moments, a couple of good quality ideas. But why would you make someone be so awful? And I don't want to spoil the film, but not even bring it to a fucking so it's one, satisfying... one of those not ending endings? Oh, God, it sucks. Oh it's one of the worst... If this top ten disappointments, one of my favourite horror films of the last five years, his follow-up film, this would be right up there. Top mm. two, three films of, all, of the last five years for me. Biggest disappointment. This sucks. Is there an actor in here? No, no one. No names? Me. Like I said, this is Annie Hardy, who the entire end credit sequence, entire... Is her rapping about people in the cast? What is up with rapping? Oh fuck! It sucks. Okay, I mean, I'm I should, uh, okay. Hey, <laughs> Big Richard, your dickus is a bit smaller than I'd have thought. Like that kind of awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, MC Polypitu. <laughs> <laughs> right, we're into our top half list then, Wayne. Okay, take us away with your number five. My number five is a movie that. I have decided to dislike. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's see how they run, Paul. Oh wow! Remember that? Yeah. Okay, everyone. So let me see how very they run. Very bog standard average, but hatred. No, this I level. hated it. I hated it. I decided wow. after looking at it like and thinking about it again. This is a Sam Rockwell it's movie. Like, oh, I love Sam Rockwell. Wow. I love Sam Rockwell. So finally, he doesn't dance. It's not because of that. <laughs> Paul's going Christopher Walken on me. It is. So surprised. It's a piece. It's look. This is a piece of shit. The film. Okay. Sousy Ronan. I know you like her in this film. Is that how we say her name? Do I got it wrong? I, I want to say Sousy. I can't be wrong. Sayorsnye. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, set in 1950s London. Everyone. There's plans for a movie version of this smash hit Agatha Christie play that come to an abrupt halt after a pivotal member of the crew is murdered. What? So, no! So world weary inspector with a bad English accent. Yeah, and he's terrible. And strong. his rookie, which is Sousy Ronan, uh, they take on the case. They find themselves thrown into a whodunit, which is not a fucking whodunit at all, within this sort of sordid world of underground theater. Now, again, here's one movie which does look quite good, but everything else about it sucks. Sam Rockwell. I don't know what he's doing with that English accent. He's meant to be playing world weary, but he's so either good at it or so over the top with it that no. As, you don't give a fuck about it. No, him. in a piece like this, which is supposed to be well charming. theatrical, yeah, charming. charming, yeah, he's he's wildly uninteresting. Now, as an actor, especially the lead. Even if you're playing world weary, you must be engaging. You must be fun to watch. You must be interesting. That's fair. And he's not. Now, that's the one thing, right? I thought to myself, perhaps I'm missing something, but I don't think I'm missing a damn thing. Every gag in this film is you see it a mile away and it's not funny when it turns up. And it's so incredibly shit. And I'm sitting there going, this is now relying upon you as an audience member working to find it funny. <laughs> and that's not good, right? The plot is sort don't of... Don't ask to work during a movie. He's there to fucking relax. I think any audience member... It's the same when you go talk to people, Paul. You don't want them to have to work to like you. 
you just or, or even find you interesting or what you're saying you just want to not bore what? them Paul no. and this was boring it was like it wasn't even quirky enough to be interesting it's like I am sugar it's uh, it's it's um I can't believe you had it as much no they did because here's the thing right it's this is the thing that's the problem with me if you if the movie is not even supposed to be good I'm probably going to be kind of on it because I wasn't expecting anything but if a movie is going for this whole like wow look at Don't this most movies want to be good don't most movies want all movies want to be like no one makes a movie to this is going to suck I hope people hate it I think it's if you it's the level of failure that you hit like if you if you <laughs> like for instance okay Interceptor for example right. You might argue that movie wasn't supposed to be good. Do you know what I mean? No. I think that's why you don't mind it. No. I think it's that you weren't expecting much from it. And that's what it was. Sure. So this movie... If I was... say this film fell so far short of your expectations, that's different than saying, they want people to think this movie's good. There's no way the guy who wrote Matthew Riley, directed Interceptor and has written all those books, wanted this film to be panned, didn't want it on your list. No, no, no. But like, I'm saying that this film failed heavily, more heavily than that one, because it had more to work with and it had more to do and it had... Remember when you were saying to me, you were, you were saying, we're putting this on the register and don't say I never do anything for you. Then you showed me the trailer to see how they run. And I'm like, oh, look at this. It's like yeah, a comedy. Yeah. This it's definitely more your style. Do you know what I mean? Mine, so yeah. then I go see it and I'm like, this is a piece of shit. And it's just, here's the thing. But I don't remember giving you a piece of shit rating, so it's resonated for you later on. It's yeah, yeah, stuck yeah. with you. I've thought about it and I'm like, this, okay. this is one of, the, Fair like, enough. one of the worst times I had in cinema this year. There you go. <laughs> you uh, are, you're allowed to change your mind. Like, there you are. See like, how they run. Like any person is. They ran. Wow. Okay, I'm I'm a little bit stunned, right? But not right. stunned enough not to tell you my number five. Which is, Bring it. God, this film sucked. Do you remember Adrian Lin, who directed a, a little film which I think you're quite enamoured with, Wayne, called Fatal Attraction. Oh yeah. He went on to direct another film that was widely lauded, though I scratched my head. At, it's great, Jacob's Ladder. Uh Tim Robbins. Yeah. Yeah, Tim Robbins in that one. He disappears off the radar for a long, yeah, long I thought, time. I thought he was done. And he came back in 2022 with. Deep water. Oh God! Is this uh, Ben Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck? Oh, I know. I haven't seen this one. What's it like? Oh, it's garbage. Why? It is painful. It starts with this half intriguing idea of she's so wildly hot and beyond his level that sure. he kind of has to acknowledge the fact that she wants to sow her oats el- elsewhere. Even though he's way. Batman, he's not Batman. In this movie, Wayne. <laughs> he's just a guy that studies snails. <laughs> Oh, but he's independently wealthy. Like he's some there's some allusion to having earned, inherited a lot Got of it. money. Got he's it. so wealthy. She, to use your language, Wayne, is a bit of a gold digger. Amber Herding. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So that's the premise. But it's clear he doesn't want her to do this. So if you're that rich, and Ben Affleck's not a bad looking dude, the whole film falls apart on the basis of. Well, then fuck her off. Absolutely. And get with someone who wants to be with you. That's right. You're rich and you're Batman. So the film doesn't do a good enough version of explaining that clearly he gets off on this to a point. They should have had, they should have had a, a, a less good-looking man. Does It just does nothing about this works. And it's so boring and it's so staid and it's so non-sexy when eventually the whole murder in this film is the guy she's sleeping with gets killed. Did Ben Affleck do it or did he not? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the mystery of the film. Mm. And it's just, it sucks. The ending might be one of the most infuriatingly non-endings in the history of cinema. It's utter dog shit. Really? Like infuriatingly bad? It is. Throw, like, it was already a bad film. It wasn't going to get a good mark, don't mm. get me wrong, because it's too boring and it's too staid and it's too bo- It's just so plodding with its plot beats. And, 
oh, Anna de Armas's character is stupidly hot but wildly crazy. Okay, yeah, we've all done the hot, crazy yes, fucking we have. curve before in our in our lives. Men, women, it's not a good both. place to be. It's not a good place. But again, it makes no sense. He could have anyone. Yes, they've had a child together. Yes, she's very intelligent. That's even worse. But but does that mean, especially when she treats the child like trash? He shouldn't be like, fuck this woman off. Use all your lawyers, bro. Yeah. Slap it he down. can afford everything in the entire world. Give, him, give her half your fortune and get her out of your life. Move on. You've still got enough money to live. It just none of it makes any sense. And if anyone that's eventually revealed is like, oh my, slap your forehead. Really? I wasted my time with this Amazon Prime piece of shit. Deep water. Yeah. I saw this and thought, oh, it's a Ben Affleck. I might check that out. But it's I've been burned before. unsexy as you can imagine a film with Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas being. Um, let me ask you this, Paul. Titty bonus? Maybe I can't. Is that? Oh long my ago? god! Didn't make an impression. Let's put it that way. Okay. All right. This is a uh, this is very useful intel. To do not know, watch it under any circumstances. Okay. No deep work. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, but now my number four. Here's where we turn a little bit, and we did expect this to be a piece of shit, but it was still such a piece of shit. It turns up at number four on my list. The film is called Me Time, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, oh, I never saw this one. <laughs> oh, don't. It's Kevin Hart and Marky Mark. Okay. And Kevin, yeah, look, those <laughs> two together. I was like. Ha 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 fuck off Netflix. Changed to a different... Okay, so here it is, right? Uh, we all know that Paul hates Kevin Hart, except for fucking Jumanji. What was it? What was yeah, that that's, that that's definitely his all right. better role. Okay, so there was a time, ladies and gentlemen, where Kevin Hart did movies like nope. Soul Plane. Yeah, not funny. <laughs> okay. Beca- again, because the expectations were low... I'm a loud small man! <laughs> that's-, that's how I talk! Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's it. I mean, like, this is... I Basically, there might be some correlation between your height and how loud you are, if you look <laughs> at me. See what I'm saying? Okay, so Kevin Hart plays a stay-at-home dad with a successful wife. He has an old friend, which is Marky Mark, who's a lifelong, like, wild man, thrill-seeker motherfucker. They go wingsuiting together and have keggers and shit like that. But they're all old now, right? Because Kevin Hart's a father. He's dedicated to his family. He's a bit of a fucking bitch, I'll tell you that. And he keeps rejecting Marky Mark's calls for him to join a wild party weekend he's doing for his birthday. But then eventually reasons he does join him and shit goes down now uh kevin hart has a lot of fans everyone do you know he's one of the most successful comedians in the world paul good on him okay but in his willingness what happens when you're loud well no trust me it doesn't <laughs> or i'd be famous um <laughs> well, well only one of us got recognized in a restaurant Perth the other day famous ladies and gentlemen doesn't <laughs> even count um now it's uh yeah so he, because he's he's willing to give the audience what they want he churns out a lot of movies so much so that there's another one of his on my fucking list. Right? Whoa. <laughs> I know. And this thing here, it's it's because it's so annoying that he's such a high-strung bullshit character. And Marky Mark, there's one goodish thing about this in that Marky Mark is has some slight uh, depth to his character in that there's a development in the film which you wouldn't expect from something like this. But the problem is there's not a single surprise to be had in the film. It is unfunny as shit, right? Stunningly unfunny, in fact. And they just, it's, you can tell them that they're scurrying around to, in every effort to add humor, and none of it is, is good. And yeah, Wahlberg, yeah, yeah. Wahlberg isn't remotely amusing. Whoa. Hang on, what? 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 No, 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 no. We, we don't, you and I don't see eye to eye on this. What? No. Okay. The, <laughs> because Marky Mark, I think, has had his day as a leading man in that. What? Um, yeah, no. I'm telling you, in that Christopher Plummer film, the, All the Money oh, in the World, God. he was really good in that. He's so had, fucking hung up on that movie. What about The Departed? He was good in that. Departed. Departed, okay? Shit yeah, like no, that. He was good in that as, he does as have, the 19th He lead. can do well, but this is some bullshit right here, okay? So it's just ultimately, it's another shitty Netflix comedy. Like I said, Andrew Santino is a is a is a is a comedian that I like who is in it. Still shit. Doesn't save it. Uh so just save your time and skip this. I will be very happy to. Yeah. We'll go for to. it. 
My number four is a Netflix direct to streaming horror film, supposedly horror film called Choose or Die. Huh? What the hell is this? Choose or Die is a film where it's like a curse. This is their attempt to do a curse film. Curse. Like The Ring okay. or The Grudge. Got it. Or, you know, you play this game, you must pass it on to someone else to play or you will die. Because even though you have the choice of choosing or die, the ultimate answer is die. Because it's fucking dumb. Eh? This film sucks. The stars, Asa Butterfield. You know, I don't mind me a little Asa Butterfield because of that um, that bloody Harrison Ford movie he did when he was a kid. which is End his game. Surprisingly not shit. <laughs> but, you know. Robert England pops up in it. And then there's an Eddie Mars- Marsan as well as... Anyway, I won't spoil Some it. That, that is... He's the bloke from Atomic Blonde and whatever. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So... This film follows this young woman who's a bit of a computer programmer and she stumbles across this game for this 1980s survival horror game. 80s? Yeah. So you have, it's one of those games where you like, you know, you walk into a room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, you, the, so you type in, sort of role do playing. you look left, right, yep, but yep. That, that kind of thing. But this game warps reality. Oh. So when you start doing and playing this game, it starts fucking with your reality around okay. it. So, for example, one memorable scene of the film, which I'm now about to spoil, which is in the first 30 Don't minutes. Don't worry, no It's only 85 minutes long, but yet it feels like three fucking hours. Mm. Let, me, let me warn you. Basically, the, the game presents to an option of the, the person in front of you needs to die. Should they eat glass? She's like, no. And then, <laughs> nevertheless, the person starts eating glass. What? Like in front of her, like this wait, waitress, this restaurant, late night restaurant. She's at. That's the only scene where you're like, oh my God, this is, this is horrific. Yeah. This fucking film, other than that, then bends its own rules and logic mm. to the point where it makes zero... Like, it already makes zero sense. I get it. You, you have to buy in with the concept. Oh, but, like, then it has to play by its own rules. But by the... Exactly. There's no internal logic or consistency to this film whatsoever mm. to pass the curse on. It is so horrendously bad. I was so offended. I was, like, not visibly shaking. That would be, <laughs> that would be an over, overreaction. But, like... Couldn't wait to type my review just to go fuck this piece of shit. What's it called Netflix, again? you've done it again. It's called Choose or Die. Just die, please. <laughs> the choice between watching this film or dying? No, I'm obviously joking, but you get my point. It's a Netflix film. Yeah. Directed by someone who never directed anything more than a two or five minute long short film. Unfucking believable. Toby Meekins. How's fuck Netflix you. stock these days? Because I've always wondered about this. I was thinking. Uh, Stan from and, and Kayla from Netflix and Swill, but uh, yeah, it hasn't hasn't been going great guns in 2022. Who knows for 2023? I bet you they start advertising. I bet you. No, no, they've already brought that in. Have that, they? That's a level that you can now purchase. You can have Netflix with ads. Fuck that. I don't know if it's here in Australia, but it definitely is in the North Americas. Yep, that's right. The model did not work out, everyone. That okay. was my number four. And my number three. Is the second of my Kevin Hart films. Wow. Yeah. It's The Man from Toronto. Ah, also another film I did not watch because oh. I am a smart man, Wayne. You know, the reason this one came higher than the other one is the other one I didn't expect much from. This one I had a glimmer of hope for. <laughs> you know why? Woody Harrelson. Okay. It's about this yeah, underworld yeah, yeah. where there's a famous interrogator named The Man from Toronto, played by Woody Harrelson, who has an assignment to go torture some motherfucker who has information, but instead the dude who turns up is Kevin Hart, who takes a wrong turn, gets mistaken for The Man from Toronto, and has to torture someone and plays along so he doesn't get killed himself. Now, I'm sorry, but that doesn't sound too bad. When I'm looking at that trailer, it didn't sound too bad. I'm like, that's fine. Okay. Woody Harrelson, we've liked his work in the past. Oh, yeah. And Woody Harrelson's great. Out. Okay, so this is... Does he suck in this as well? It's shit. He's. I know, but is he not elevating it? Is he not bringing something to it? No, is, because no. he's toothless. Right. You think he's going to be this like hammer time motherfucker, but then it becomes like it mismatches its promising elements and winds up not being funny or thrilling. You know what I'm saying? Like 
there's one good fight scene, a shot like interestingly choreographed sh- like shootout, but that's the only good thing I can say about it. Um, I guess I'm like, well, I guess someone might find this funny. That, but the then the story and crap dialogue and stupid premise, and again, Paul, shit gag after shit gag after shit gag just wears upon oh. me and starts effectively pissing me off. And, I'm and like, if nah. you thought that was shit gag, yes, because I'm forgiving about that shit. I'm like, I know it's hard to write comedy, but there's, I mean, again. How is it made? This is a major Netflix release, mm. right? How is this the thing that they put out and expect to continue? Like, it's really weird to me, which is why, as I hear like, you, that, that movie that you just mentioned that's a Netflix release, and the, uh, even Me Time, I think, was a Netflix release, right? I think these films, I think Netflix has to tighten its belt. I think they have to be a little bit more quality control. Because the, the big platform winner about Netflix was you go to Universal, you go to Sony, you go to Warner Brothers, you go to Disney. Mm. You have to play by their rules. You make a film with them, the studio executives are sitting over the top of you approving or disapproving of most everything. Yep. Netflix, their model for the last several years has been, come to us, we'll give you carte blanche. Just go at it and do what you want to do and send us your finished product and we'll put it out on our platform. Do they actually do that? Because that's insane, bro. I know a few people that actually make the movie then try and sell it to Netflix, usually comics. Yeah, that can happen too. But, but, that, but that's their that's their selling point. We don't have the same level of control that you would expect from the studio. So come to us, Ryan Johnson. Come to us, Martin Scorsese. We'll give you more money than they they ever would to produce something that your vision is. We trust you. I think what's happened here as well is that you know Adam Sandler made like a seven picture yeah. deal, right? Yep. That must work for them because I think they kept on going with that shit. Even there were bags of shit like Hubie Halloween and yeah. that motherfucker. Look, I don't, I don't. I know this is not the place for it, really, because yeah. we're all about shitting on things today. But I've heard some stories in, in of late. Yeah, did a bit of research online once I heard them. Apparently, Adam Sandler is a real top class dude. Like he makes shit films, no question. But when he takes people away to his holiday fucking retreat, he buys everyone like gifts, and he knows everyone's name, and he's try he engages with all the tech crew. Or I've whatever actually else. heard that as well yeah. because his friends are like David Spade, who I like his interviews and no, stuff like that. I, I know you've lost it, but everyone who talks with him is about him in the industry. Joe Rogan, all these people, they like, that guy's fucking great. Why? Yeah. Because he's just a fucking great guy. Yeah, because he wasn't. He was. It was a no one who kind of got elevated very quickly through Saturday Night Live and started making films. Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, and they were huge hits. And so he's kind of like. A, a regular guy made good. Yeah, and you can't discount the fact that success like that doesn't just happen. There's something he's doing. Oh, no, he's, he's got some skills. Yeah, so just that's wish what, he wouldn't he stop doing well, fucking you know, Jack and Jill's and Jack and Jill's shit, right? But you know the one he did with Jennifer Aniston on Netflix, the murder. Oh, yeah, murder. It was fine. That was all right. I actually laughed a few times at that one. So that's pretty good. So I would just take that. But this, this didn't even get there. So forget yeah. about it. So Man from Toronto is a bag of shit. All right, doesn't surprise me. My number three, if it's not your list, Wayne, in the yeah. top two, yeah. you've missed a trick because there's no. <laughs> fucking way the films you've described any one of them is worse than what this film is okay let's hear about it way back in january last year so almost a year ago we were invited to do a screener for this film which somehow snuck its way into fucking <laughs> i hope it's someone's my number two keep release. going it stars lucy hale as Uh-oh. this oh yeah <laughs> vapid fucking Ugly on the inside, horrible woman who decides to start playing two guys off against each other, including the guy who's trying to take her job. Oh, fuck. The hating game. I completely forgot about this. Thank you. This is why I demand you record what we watch in Letterboxd. You're right. I completely forgot about this. Or an Excel spreadsheet on your own computer if you feel the need. 
again. This is worse than most. No, of it's them. worse than every movie that was ever made, Paul. But <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst movie that was ever made, right? But it was a, it was a shitty screener thing. It, it, it affords itself very little notice. But it went to the cinemas. I, yeah, we we held a responsibility to re, to fucking report to people because. If you're, if you are, did from, we get a screener? Is that what we, we did? Got? Yeah. If we are talking to anyone who's who is forwarding a screeners, or you are letting us come to your listen, we pride ourselves on being honest. I'm not going to shill. I'm just not. No, we never have been. We've never We've been never a shill. shill. We never shill. We've never said positive things. When we thought something was shit. Witness Wayne with the Magnificent Seven, which is absolute worst call he's ever made in this podcast, other than Saving Private Ryan being number seven and the best war films of all time. I glared at the distributor on the way out. As I recall. <laughs> That film was great. I really enjoy it. I own it in 4K. <laughs> that's part of the fun where we're just honest. Absolutely. No, no, there's no, sorry. no turning a turd into gold, no matter how many times you rub it. So this is my dick. <laughs> <laughs> this is based on a novel. This woman is vapid and self-centered and such a bitch. I know you're not supposed to say it these days, but she's the worst main character. And like the, the guy who's competing for her position He's not a good bloke either, but at least he's true to her. When he starts to show an interest, he's showing legitimate interest. She's like, oh, maybe I'll fuck him, or maybe I'll use this other guy who can advance my chances to get past this other guy in terms of the... Oh, it's awful. Dude, you know what? All of that is true, but the actual problem with this film, on top of that, Please. is how shittily it's made. Oh, it looks... It, it looks, looks like, like it. a fucking student film. I said this yeah, when we talked did, about it, yeah, right? Literally, there's actually scenes where there's two characters talking, and as one starts to walk out of the frame, the the camera pushes out to sort of slowly reveal reveal the the top part of the frame. I'm like, why it are you doing that? So, it's like someone so fucked up. Shot it's by like a student film. It's Peter shit. Hutchings is the director. You know, it would be nice if he had some actual direction in there. It's, it's so just bad. two camera over the shoulder. It's so... It's the worst thing. And honestly, you hate all of the characters, even the protagonists, this and that. And it's and then the, we were... I think you told me when we first reviewed it, these two actors were producers yeah. in the fucking film. I would never let this piece of shit out if that was my fucking thing. Here's my final paragraph of my written review a year ago. When the film reaches its inevitable conclusion and, how, and after how creepy Josh's obsession with Lucy is revealed to be, you'll likely sit stunned for a while. Wondering what you just watched, because he's not a good bloke either. He's just been manipulating things just to get her the whole way along. Who it was intended for and how anybody would feel having paid top dollar to see this at the cinema. This is quality garbage. Is this because and of everyone should be ashamed? Yeah. It's 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 actually like this horrendously I, I've actually blocked a lot of it out to be honest. I, with you. I've named Lucy Howard. I need to aim name Austin Stowell as the other actor slash producer on this film. So fuck this piece of shit. The hating game is I don't my even know third. how it got greenlit. Worst film of 2022. Wow, piece of shit that one. All right, not sure whether they were actual producers of the film or not, <laughs> but still, they're terrible. Uh, Everything's terrible. This film sucks. Okay, fair enough. The Hating Game. Hate it. Uh, all right, my number two, ladies and gentlemen, is also a film that came out very early in the year, and it almost escaped my notice until I realized how much I hated it. It's a film called The 355. Oh. oh my goodness. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is a, first it of all. didn't even make my honorable. You know why? Because you never thought about it again, Paul. Yeah, it's a piece it is, of shit. It's not good. I'm not defending it. Dude, all right, so first of all, Jessica Chastain, ladies and gentlemen, okay? She's one of my favorite redheads. That, that's just how that is, okay? Part of a long, long list. Yes, Lupita. <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. But the other characters are Lupita Nyong'o, Penelope Cruz, Diane Kruger. Like, you know, there's like a reasonable cast in this Oh, yeah, for sure. And Jay Chaz is, in fact, one of the producers. Attractive Chinese woman, too, because there was Chinese money in this film. That, is, is that so? Okay, well, there you go. Now, this is about 
And this has got nothing to do with my hatred for the film, but it's definitely a female empowerment movie, and I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that, right? CIA agent Mason Mace Brown, who is, what's her name? Uh, Jessica Chastain. Wait, what's her name? Mason Brown. But Mace is her fucking... I thought you said Mason Mace Brown. Well, Mace, yeah, Mace is Mace Brown. You know, so anyway... Uh, she joins forces with a rival German agent, a cutting-edge computer specialist, and a Colombian psychologist. I mean, it's describing the team here. Yeah. When a top-secret weapon yeah, falls into the hands of a group of mercenaries. Um, also, the Winter Soldier is in this, I should mention. Anyway, the four women... Uh, what's his name? Stan fucking... Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan. There you go. <laughs> so these four women basically do this breakneck mission to save the world while saying... It's, it's some spy shit, okay? But the problem for it is that the plot is... Uh, ridiculous, but more than anything, it is so shaky cam that you cannot follow the action. Also, the action itself is directed like a bag of urine. Oh, it's directed by Simon Kinberg, who did Dark Phoenix. Oh! And has written a bag of the shittest fucking Marvel films. Yeah, he. it's really, really wildly shit. And apparently, this was Jessica Chastain's like first... Well, I don't know. She had, She and Simon Kinberg had this whole thing where they were like... Uh, they were working on X-Men Dark Phoenix together, all right? And she then floated this idea. And he's like, what a great idea. I really want to do a female ensemble spy movie, which does sound like a good Sounds idea, great. Paul, yeah. But not this one. It is a waste of talent and a waste of your time, ladies and gentlemen. And also, if you watch and look at the dialogue, it is the hokiest dialogue you've ever heard. It's, it sounds like a fucking fifth grade. It's really complicated this movie too. And just, this is dumb. And there's like massive holes in the plot where like, if like this particular drive, if it falls into the wrong hands... It could be a disaster for the world, and no one needs the information on it. So at any stage in the movie, they could have just destroyed the drive, and that would have been the end of the movie. But they didn't do it for some reason, and it's just dumb shit now. So yeah, the 355 is the is close to the worst film I saw this year. Can't argue. It's not a good film by any stretch of Horrendous. Horrendous. the imagination. I know what your number one is, then you might as well just say it, yeah, Wayne. it's Morbius, okay? That was my number one. <laughs> I am genuinely stunned that my number two... Whilst technology Morbius is your worst film, can you give, tell us a bit more about that? I don't want to just gloss over that. Well, what it was is that um, the idea behind all of the fucking him being a vampire, because it's quite a bloodless vampire movie by comparison. We know how much I hate that shit, but yeah. of course, what do you expect? But from even a I, film? who actually enjoys bloodless stuff, when you see it out of place in a thing like this, and seeing just Matt, what's it, Matt, 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 Doctor Who? Matt Smith. Yeah. I just didn't like watching him at all in this. Jared Leto. None of it makes sense in particular, but like it just becomes like this thankless kind of like all of the actual plot points in this where he's trying to convince Morbius to join him and whatever rule the world together, but he's still trying to kill Morbius at the same time. So I'm like, this is any complex relationships that you might have explored in this film to make it something worthwhile watching and paying attention to just turns to shit. So it was actually written horribly. And then the the, the Marvel stuff where you put Spider-Man on the wall behind him and then you put all the, you know, that was just crowbarred in. Mm. It was just that I think, I think I got offended at how poorly they're trying to integrate into a successful franchise. Mm-hmm. And it was just them trying to do it, which they've been trying to do for years. Like you said, Sony, they do this a lot. But there you are. Yeah. So Can't sorry. argue. Well played to your worst film of the year, Morbius. Damn. All right, I've got two. What's your, what's your, what's your two and one? My number two and my number one could be interchangeable. Yeah. My number two was my number one all the way up until about last two weeks that you are finally around to watching this, the first one. And really, if we went with budget and influence, and this would be the worst. Yeah. But I cannot deny how poorly and slapstick my my number one was. We'll get to that in a moment. My number two film. I'm trying to get my head around just how ludicrous the whole making of this film was. Okay. Like the aforementioned 
trilogy of Star Wars films, mm-hmm. which came where there was no plan. I'm intrigued. Like the trilogy of films, Jurassic Park yep. slash World. World, yep. Where there was clearly no through line plan and we just kind of made it up as we went along. Mm-hmm. Halloween. Yes. <laughs> was evidently meant to be a one-off film which made bank in 2018. Mm. An absolute squillion, not quite, dollars. And David Gordon Green and Danny McBride and their co-writers just went, let's milk this cow for all it's fucking worth. Mm -hmm. And in so doing, destroyed the excellent, I think, efforts of that first film. I know some of you out there hated that first film and thought it was a piece of shit. But for me, that hit every market needed to. What a great, great thing seeing Jamie Lee Curtis, Laurie Strode, and Michael Myers facing off again 30, 40, 50, 45, 40 years later at that point in time. Uh uh And her life's been ruined. And what a study of trauma. And she's got a daughter who's sick of her shit and a granddaughter who likes her more because she's one step removed from it. I thought this was really, really that good. That first one yes. was actually good because seeing um, Jamie Lee Curtis as like this sort of haggard old woman mm-hmm. who has guns all over her house yeah. and kitted out the house. She to has like waited it. for this moment. That was good. I actually didn't mind it. That, I know. I for horrible. you to say that. I know. That first one was good. Halloween yes. was all right. Halloween kills last year. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. Just, oh, let's just get as many gory kills. Like, this is a horror guy. That's going. the one with the villagers, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ew, dies tonight. Fuck off. Yeah. Dude from the Breakfast Club, you're yep. an idiot. Yep. This whole fucking film is an idiot. But all right, he's got one more chance to land it. You got one more chance to throw the Hail Mary and bring this trilogy home. Show us that that was worthwhile with this. Oh my God, it was worse. Yeah. Halloween Ends might be the worst legacy sequel ever fucking made. You know what's funny, Paul? I didn't mind that one. <laughs> And I remember, and I know why this happened, Paul. It's because you, who knows horror, is an aficionado, sure. knows what it should hit and what points it does hit. This movie actively doesn't do many of those things. And me, who hates horror, then likes it because it doesn't do those yeah, things. Okay. You I guess, the, but, I guess but so I, I did make your list. No, but this is why your your opinion is probably more valid as someone who's Look, in the thing in the, in the game. We're we're trained as Australians not to take compliments. You just oh, thanks, thank you. Yeah, move it mm-hmm. on. But but you're right. No, I do watch I a lot of horror movies. Yeah, I am a horror yeah, aficionado. This is your thing. To use Gerald from Two Peas on a podcast language, I am a horror guy. Sure. So I feel like I've got some stakes when I or some credence when I say most deaf. This film fucking blows. Yeah. They did not have an idea beyond the first one. Michael was meant to die in the brilliant sequence. The absolutely memorable moment where Judy goes, gotcha. And he's in the trap and they light the fucking house on fire and they shoot him. That's where it should have ended. What a brilliant end to that trilogy. Like just duology. 1978 Halloween. This film would have worked perfectly. Okay, sure. The fucking doctor doing his, his evil turns a bit shit. But other than that, what a film. Halloween Kills is just gore for gore's sake. Halloween Ends might be the most angry any film has made me. My number one is high because it's worse made. Mm. There's some there's some directorial flourishes. There's clearly a budget behind this film. I get it. So it ekes its way down to number two. But this film may be angry. The fact that Michael Myers keeps coming back no matter what you do to him already makes me angry for the series. And this is supposed to be the end. Isn't when it? they said at the start of this trilogy, Michael Myers is a man. Yes, he's a super strong man and all the rest of that stuff. But he's a man. He's not supernatural. The end of Halloween Kills completely turns that on its head. This film completely fucking shits all over that because I had no idea 
They had no idea that evil was this power which empowers people and you can infect someone with it. They're all good ideas. But don't set it up as one thing and then change your mind halfway through and try and sell us on it. Fuck you! On the other hand, if Michael Myers is in fact a real man, then he's probably too frail to do this shit on the third movie. So they make some other motherfucker do it. Which is bullshit! But you can't change your mind halfway through a trilogy. Yeah, well, these the first are... film, he's a man. Yeah, super strong man, but he's a man. The second film, by the end of it, he's a supernatural thing. But in the third film, he sucks out the life of people he ah, kills, yes, and he passes it on to this fucking other random character. Why would you have <laughs> countless Halloween films, and then the last one of them, the purported last one of them, go, huh? He's useless, and this random fucking pathetic dude can beat the shit out of Michael Myers and take his power and try and murder people until Michael Myers murders him. Fucking unbelievably offensive. Mm. This film sucks. It's about as good as every horror film. If you no. Like me. <laughs> there you go. And therein lies the thing. I hate all horror films, so this piece of shit oh, doesn't surprise me. God. But there you are. This Paul Incense, ladies and gentlemen. This was my most liked review on Letterboxes last year. And there, there, are there like is you. a subset of people out there, maybe Brad from the Cinema Guys is among them. Brad, you're wrong. You're just fucking wrong, man. I'm sorry. It. Liked it. More than that, they're saying the people will come to appreciate this as being a classic in 10 or 15 or 20 years like the thing. Fuck off, you're all idiots. <laughs> this film blows. And David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, I think, as well, are now going to remake The Fucking Exorcist. They're going to shit on that as well. Stop this madness before it progresses any further. Don't let them tear away our fucking horror roots. Oh, my God. I don't care what you guys do. Horror sucks. So, okay. <laughs> That's my number two. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you Wayne, know my number give one. Give us your 10 through one. I'll just go 10 through one for you. It is. My number 10 was Amsterdam. Nine was Thor, Love and Thunder. Six, sorry, eight, Jurassic World Dominion. Seven, Interceptor. Six, The King's Daughter. Five, See How They Run. Four, what? that's right, Me Time. Three, The Man from Toronto. Two, the 355, and my number one was Morbius, which I just spoke about. Paul, let's hit your 10 to 1. My 10 through 2, and then revealing my number one. Number 10, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Nine, Morbius. Eight, Moonfall. Seven, Firestarter. Six, Dash Camp. Five, Deep Water. Four, Choose or Die. Three, The Hating Game, which would have been on Wayne's list, I'm sure. Definitely. Number two, Halloween Ends. And even now, I'm feeling a little bit like, uh, maybe I should have had Halloween Ends. Number one, because well, I just don't. It, where you fucking just <laughs> popped a pop. I don't belt. care about this film as much, but I have never seen in a film which made it to cinemas for a week release. Yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, one of the worst films on every measurable level. Jeepers Creepers: Colon Reborn. Never saw it. Even Brad, the aforementioned from Cinema Guys, hates this film. Jeepers Creepers was an idea from a, from a filmmaker named Victor Salva. 20-ish years ago. I saw ago. that movie. I saw Justin Long. Justin Long. Yeah. It's horrifying. It's got some good moments. It's not my favourite horror film we ever made. He turns out to be this this child abusing creep. And so they take the rights away from him and he goes to jail for oh, really? however long. Yeah. And they have now given this to the bloke who directed Iron Sky and Iron Sky 2. What the hell is that? If you haven't seen it, you'll be very thankful. Good. Timo Veranolsola. Anyway, sure. point being, this really obscure fucking made-it-myself director mm. that have given him the right, the keys to this kingdom. It's not a great kingdom. It's not. No, it's not. Jeepers Creepers 1, 2 is fine. 3 was pretty, really shit, let's be honest. Jeepers Creepers Reborn shits all over it. 
Is this is this not this, barbaric? Okay, go on. I want to talk about not the storyline because the storyline's garbage. Yeah, they all are. This creature that comes out, I can't even remember how many years it is, 21, 22 years, whatever it is, comes out, it's vampire bat looking fucking dude who drives his car around. It's very fast. Even and, though, yep. you know, grabs victims, murders them and eats them. That's what he does. Okay. All right, fine. This film is so ineptly fucking made, it mm. expects you to swallow chroma keyed sequence after chroma keyed sequence. I, I cannot believe. What's chroma key? So where you take sort of elements and put them in the forefront of shot on oh, the plates. background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plates, right? That's what happened in the first one. At the end of the first one with the eyes out. And he looks... Remember Justin Long? Well, is, in 20, 2002, it might have been yeah, 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 acceptable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In 2022, this is angry. Now, here's the time I'm going to reveal it. Go on. I didn't... Thank God, I didn't watch this on my brand new 83-inch oh, TV. <laughs> Paul bought a new TV, everyone. Bought a new TV. It is fucking magnificent. It's 2000K. The first film I'm watching <laughs> on it, Jaws, which looks like it was made other than the fashion... <laughs> Fucking one year ago. Really? It is so good, this LG 83-inch C2. Okay. <laughs> OLED TV. It's, it's, it's amazing. Prepare yourself for a whole new iteration of me banging on about Can't wait for that one. how good a film looks. <laughs> if I watched this film on that TV, it might be the worst film ever made. Oh. It is so rookie how terrible. The script is garbage. Absolute fucking garbage. Nothing makes any is sense. Is Justin Long in it? No. He died in the first one. That's what I thought. I don't know. You, you and your fucking horrors, they fucking come back all the time. Died in the first one. There's a terrible opening sequence where D. Wallace Stone and some other random dude, uh, are, oh, we see him doing some strange shit. Turns out to be a reenactment of, and then they're basically positing that the other films were just a urban legend and, oh, everything. There's not one iota of redeemableness about this film. You um, could argue a couple of kills and Halloween Ends are memorable. Yeah, this has killed this franchise forever. So maybe a good thing, given its pedigree. Did it tank? Yeah, it made no money, and was it- everyone is shitting on it. This guy's career is in the can. He'll have to go back to make his own films because no one's given any money ever, and nor should they. Like whatever budget and- they had was clearly not enough. When you're they're just in a fucking house, Wayne, and they're got a plate background on. Like, just go to a fucking abandoned warehouse and shoot it. How hard is this so shit? So he must have like a shoestring budget or oh, do you think that he's trying to do something? I don't know. Something? I've not been able to find what the budget was. This is the only other than non-Stevens Gale film that I gave a 0.5 stars on Letterboxd to. This is a four or three out of a hundred. Oh. This is one of the worst films I've ever seen. Four or three out of a hundred? Yep. Jeepers Creepers, colon, reborn. Okay. Thank well. God it died at that point. Okay. Well, That's there you are. Alice. Holy shit, some anger today. No shit, Wayne, Paul just crapped his pants. Dishonorable mentions. Um, okay, I was not a fan of... You'll, you'll hate this, but I did not like the, the Northman, but I didn't put it on the list. Fuck off! It was kind of a fucking boring... You are an idiot. It was boring as shit. You are a Boring titties, man. Boring ass bullshit. Dear God, <laughs> we'll talk about that next week. Obviously, it's on his list for next week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just call him that what one. What a f- I'm fucking idiot. You, it was fucking boring. Uh, 3,000 <laughs> 3, Years of Longing wasn't... Horrendous, oh, but it was just off the list. I think it was too well made. It was, yeah, again, you know, um, that's about it. <laughs> the bubble. Obviously, the heading day. Oh, the bubble. Sorry, the bubble. The bubble is god Good awful. call. Good call. Could have been on this list. Very close to it. Black Light, the latest Liam Neeson piece of shit film. Uh, except for Memory, which I haven't watched yet, but I'm still going to subject myself to it. Don't know why. Which one? Memory. Oh, oh the Liam Neeson, yeah, yeah. But Black Light was so bad. Lost City. Yeah, I was thinking about that one. Shit. Spiderhead. 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 My next one. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. One, yeah. one. <laughs> Where the scary things are, low-level budget horror film. Man, low-level budget horror film. Mm-hmm. They slash them. <laughs> Fucking woke 
low is level that what horror that is? film. Crabs. That's for you, Brad. The low level horror film. Trevor Terror Train. Low level horror film. Just say every horror movie this one, year. One <laughs> one film way in which I almost challenge you to watch. What? Could have been on this list. Poker Face. I've got it on my list to watch. Directed by Russell, Russell Crowe, Crow. starring Russell Crowe, Crow, who <laughs> is a shit. He is where you need to know. He's what you need to know. Not even before you go in. Like this made me laugh so hard. So the youngest fucking Hemsworth brother is apparently the same age as Russell Crowe and their mates. So not Liam. Yes, Liam. Yep. Is he the same age as Russell Crowe? He's not. No, they're twenty years different. Yeah. Oh, but this film wants you to believe it. Oh, I see. By like- putting makeup on him. Oh my god! That's enough to tell you this film shucks. Apparently, Russell Crowe was in the film, and then they lost the director and they asked him to direct his directorial debut. And you can tell. And he said, "Sure, but only if it's set in Australia, because fuck you, cunts." Because meant to be in LA. Oh, it doesn't, doesn't make it any worse. Does not make it any worse at all. The script is a, a train wreck. Dude, I saw the trailer for this and I was like, "Oh, okay, let's give it a try." It's an Aussie film, right? Yep. And uh, it's 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 ready. It's there for me to watch. Yeah. And you're telling me it's one of the worst of the year. Watch it. Let's come back to it. Okay. Top all ten right. last time. All right. all right, let's do that. There we <laughs> are. That's Alice. What about you? all wrap up every episode of the Countdown in the segment that we call the Pop Ten. Talk about Pop Ten. Talk about Pop Ten. Kicking off this week's top ten with Jamie Davies, number three, Morbius, number two, Blonde. Did you watch Blonde? No, I never did. Yeah. Number one, Brazen, devoid of any artistic merit, shite in every way. Not heard of it. Neither have I. Yeah. B Dizzle, the aforementioned from uh, We Watch the Thing podcast, good friend of the show. Number three, Firestarter. Yes. Number two, Jurassic World: Colon Dominion. Mm. Number one, Crimes of the Future. More like Crimes Against Cinema. Am I right? What is that? I don't know what it's David Cronenberg's new. Say no film. more. <laughs> David Power, top of the page for the show, and Facebook listener community moderator. So number three, Uncharted. Woo. Number two, The know. Bubble. Number one, Moonfall. Uh, you know what? The only reason bubble, The Bubble fell off my list is because I like the TikTok dance sequences. <laughs> arguably the best. Not yeah, arguably, I would say the definitely. Best, best part of the film. Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast. Do check out Ashley's show. Number three, X, a group of actors set out to make an adult film rural Texas. Oh, really? Under the nose of their reclusive host, but when the elderly couple catches their young guest in the act, the cast find themselves in a desperate fight for their lives. I like the way she felt the need to explain that. It would have helped you, but for me, yeah, well, I watched that movie at the cinema, so it was fine. Did you? Number one and two, the next 365 days and 365 days, colon, this day, are tired for the worst of the year. It is a much, much, much worse version of the Fifty Shades series. Absolute garbage. Netflix films, Wayne. Wow. Dan Brennick, her partner in life and crime. Said number three, 365 days, colon, this day. Number two, the bubble. Number one, the next 365 days. Can you tell those two? What is this? Share a hive mind. Wow. Joy DeCallo from the So Wizard podcast. Good friends of the show. Do check out uh, the So Wizarders. Said number three, Jurassic Turd Dominion. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Number two, Halloween, thankfully ends. Number one, (laughs) Men. Probably one of the worst movies I've seen in the last 10 years. I so enjoyed you telling me what a bag of shit that was because it looked <laughs> like a bag of shit. Yeah, it had a bit more artistic merit to get out of my top 10, but it could easily have been in the worst there. Stu from the Stuart Order podcast said, from best, in quotation marks to worst, The Long Night, Slapface, and Pearl. Ooh. Pearl was, it's the prequel to X, which was just spoken about by Ashley. Is that so? I agree. Pearl fucking sucks. I heard of Pearl. I don't get it. I don't get it. People love on that film horror aficionados I'm like what the fuck it's 40 it's a 100 minute film where half of it is just her talking to herself and being crazy 
Interesting. Garbage. Okay. I'm not interesting, rather. Mike Margosian is number three. Patron of the show. Mor- Morbius. Number two. Jurassic Park Dominion. Number one. Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Told you it was a piece of shit. <laughs> Jared Meza, good friend to the show and ourselves, said number three, Jurassic Turd. Number mm-hmm. two, Halloween Ends. Yes. Number one, The Requiem. Because sharks are cool. And I watch every shark movie ever made, but this one was actually a flounder in disguise. <laughs> have you heard of that one? I have. It's got Alicia Silverstone in it. Oh. Even I drew the line at that one. And Man Eater, which I mentioned on my honorable mentions. Jared, watch that one. Tell me if that's worse than The Requiem, please. Mm. Lee Allen Thomas said Spiderhead. Kaczynski made two movies this year. <laughs> Maybe after we'll mention Top Gun not- Maverick. Oh, he did, oh, did do that yeah. one, didn't he? Number two, White Noise, Pretentious Shite. Well, listen to our review. Mm-hmm. Just gone there, Lee. Number one, Moonfall. Thought it would be the good kind of bad. It was just bad. No, it's bad. Timothy Williams said the bubble turned it off maybe 40 minutes in. Fair. Ooh. Black Adam, it's a real bad and nothing of a movie. Fell asleep in the cinema. (laughs) Is there any more indictment than falling asleep in the cinema? I know, right? But the way The Rock carried on about it afterwards made me hate it even more. No, that was the worst part. And number one, one, you'll be happy with this. Thor, love and thunder for me by Country Mile. Poor Stephen Curry got in all that makeup for this stinker. And so did Christian Bale. Mm -hmm. Last few to wrap it up then. Jesse Dixon said number three, Poker Face. The I'm, I'm now int- more interested in this film than I was when I was. It checked out after 10 minutes when I tried to convince you that Russell Crowe, age 57, and Liam Hemsworth, age 32, were childhood friends. Number two, Amsterdam. Yep. Number one, bodies, bodies, bodies. So there you are. Ben Burnham said, a lot of other crap dropped in the cinematic universe of what's 2022. Number three, Morbius. Number two, Halloween ends. What is this garbage? Number one, hold on to your hat, Wayne. Mm. Are you ready, sir? Mm. The Batman. Granted, this suffers the weight of high expectations, but it's far, 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 far too long, far, far, far too boring, timidly directed and soullessly acted. And why is everything so wet? Okay, I have to, I have to admit something. I've only seen the Batman once. Yeah, well, right? you saw it in cinema. Me too. And I've started. I just sort of started watching it again. I had to turn it off because I ran out of time. But I'm going what? to look at it again with a critical, better critical. Because I will tell you this, it's fucking forgot to end. Could it make your Could it make your list? We'll find out for next might week. Might do, might do. John Amento of the Pint Comics Podcast. Sorry, Pint the Pint Podcast. The Requiem again. Alicia Silverstone versus the Great White. It's as bad as it sounds. Halloween ends and thank Christ for that. The series just got worse and worse. Jurassic Park Dominion. Hey, B. Dizzle, you owe me about US $15. Have me on your show to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly... Patron extraordinaire to the show, Etzion Flion Seve, said Windfall, Big Bug, and the Zemeckis Pinocchio, all boring and uninspired. Everyone is shitting on Pinocchio. Have Never you seen seen it? Oh. There's a Guillermo de Toro one as well, right? So this is, yeah, so this this is, is 2022's a... Jeweler release. Yes. I haven't seen either one, no inclination to. Thank you so much, everyone, who got back to us. Sorry we couldn't get through everyone. We really, truly do appreciate it, but we've run very, very long. That's because Paul was really angry towards the end there. <laughs> But Ooh, it's worth walking. That's a bingo. And of course, his shitty sound drops. <laughs> no, no sound drop follows that. That feels like it would be reinforcing ridiculous as Wayne. How do the good folk get in touch with us? Let us know their feedback on the show. Google the Countdown Podcast, find our socials, and interact with us like a motherfucker. Also, visit the Countdown Podcast. Uh, at gmail at gmail.com no, wait, no, sorry, no, no. sorry. <laughs> the countdownpodcast.com is our, is our shitty website uh, it'll change soon and you can email us at the countdownpodcast at gmail.com that's it that's what we're looking for follow us on Podbean where we host the show check out the Facebook community where all the feedback today has come from and that is it 
for this worst episode of 2022. Hopefully not in terms of download numbers, just in terms of what we've worst of episode nuclear <laughs> of or from. I think that's what we're trying Hopefully. to do today. And if you feel the need to actually go and watch these films and then tell us how it went, you can do so via all the aforementioned channels. Wayne, my name is Paul. My name is Wayne. <laughs> you can't handle the truth. <laughs> that was a soundbomb. We'll catch you next time. See ya. <laughs>